What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick, and it's time for this week's One Last Thing with co-host Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. How are you? I can't complain. We're at the bye week here, and I said this on other shows, but I want to repeat it again. I hate the bye week normally. This week, everything about this bye week is pleasant to me. It's it's late in the season. The Ravens are you know have a chance to get healthy from some substantial injuries. They are are finally harvesting the fruit from not taking that bye after the London trip, you know earlier. And you know it'll be a relaxing Sunday to watch some other NFL teams stumble. That becomes unrelaxing pretty quickly when I sit in front of a TV and, and watch the Steelers or, or uh, Browns play. But, but, you know, it's, it's a, it's an opportunity for that. Um, I just, I'm very happy, obviously with where the Ravens are right now. I wish they had one more win, but uh, uh, you know, they, they are where they are and they're in position to have a shot at the one or the two seed. Yeah. They've positioned themselves quite nicely at this uh, stage in the season. And, and uh, you know, this bye week probably uh, is coming at the right time with a number of guys, uh, nursing some injuries, which I think we're going to get into um, as some of the things that they can uh, kind of address uh, over the course of this bye week. Yeah, absolutely. And especially concussion protocol is a tricky thing. And the injury to Matabike, obviously one of their mo- most important players, period. Um, having two weeks instead of one to get him back on the field through that concussion protocol is enormous. Absolutely. Um, not everybody gets through, but if you looked at the curve of how long it takes people to get through in, the, in terms of cumulative re- recovery time, you'd see a lot of recoveries occur the first week, a lot more occur the second week. And then you, you don't have – there are some lingering concussion problems that are longer than that, don't get me wrong, but but uh, but most are recovered, I think, by two weeks. So this is a very nice time to have the bye week for him. Yeah, and, and the defense as a whole, just you know, having played the number of snaps that they played – um, you know, in, in, you know, in, not just in, uh, in terms of what, uh, you know, not being able to get off the field, but also in terms of the sort of overall inefficiency of the offensive performance last week, uh, you know, the, that defense was gassed and they're, they're going to really appreciate having this extra time off. Yeah, that's a really good point. Where, where would you like to start in terms of, you want to talk offense, defense, special teams, and coaching? I know we, we each came up with some of each type, but where would you like to start? Uh, we can start with offense. I can uh, I, I can kick us off. I, I think I uh, one of the things that I would look at for the offense is better in game adjustments from uh, Munkin, um, and and whether that you know comes in the form of uh, sort of uh, sort of the you know personnel groupings that they're practicing in, or whether it, uh, whether Munkin is needs to empower Lamar more to check out of certain plays based on what he sees. Um, you know, I, I think the Chargers game really showed a complete lack of in-game adjustment on the offense's part. Uh, you know, the O-line was just having an ex- incredibly difficult time. And, you know, that's due to a number of factors, not the least of which 
Uh, Ronnie Stanley obviously not performing up to par, being being injured, playing through some things, and also Khalil Mack and the rest of the Chargers really do, just playing playing a great game. And uh, and 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 uh, th- there are a number of things that the Ravens could do to stem the tide of the pass rush, and they really didn't seem interested in doing any of them. There, it, it, it's definitely on my list is a very similar thing, which is a find a way to manufacture time and space for Lamar in the absence of quality offensive tackle play. And right now they're doing a lot to help Moses. And he had a, you know, he struggled. He, he allowed one sack to Mac. The other sack allowed was on his side by his man, but it was after three seconds. So that, that, you know, he did his job on that play blocking right. his guy 12 to six. And then he came back into the play. I don't have a problem with that. He missed five other blocks, though, where he lost that block at the line of scrimmage. And that was despite having some significant help in this game. So I, I think, you know, he and Moses are Stanley and Moses are both concerns at this point. I, I don't know what you can do because there is no other left tackle out there, not on the team, unless you want to you know go with McCary. Um, he's been a full grade level better than Stanley in terms of how he's graded out this season for me. Uh, 0.71 raw score to 0.60, which is just unbelievably bad for Stanley. Uh, I, I'm I don't know how else you do it, other than you you go ahead and you scheme for um, more help for Stanley, and you can do that via help blocks. You know, you can chip on that side. You can you can keep do max protect plays. Of course, you know you better not show a pattern to your opponent in terms of max protect, or they'll just come up and zero blitz you. Um, a, a lot as you're trying to do that. I just, I, I don't, I don't see an easy way they're going to do it. And they face a number of very high quality pass rush teams down the stretch. Um, we talk about San Francisco, Miami has some guys now. Um, you know, Jacksonville has as Allen and uh, and Trayvon Walker, and um, you know Pittsburgh has, of course, you know Watt and Highsmith. We're acting like that's a win because it's a home game or whatever, but it's yeah, it's going to be a tough game. And um, you know the Ravens are going to need to get through and. Um, the tackles are going to be very tested. Yeah, I mean, look, every every sort of, you know, uh, every move in football and every other sport has a counter move, right? And every counter move has its advantages and disadvantages. But, you know, the one thing that doesn't really make sense to me is to continue doing the thing that's not working. And I think that's that's what we saw a lot of in, in the game. You know, it's obvious the offensive line is struggling, so – you know, if Stanley is struggling to the extent that you can't do the things that you want to do with him, then, you know, maybe it's time for McCarry to come in. But if you don't want to do that, you know, you, you, you need to help Stanley out. And there are a number of ways to do that. Right. You could uh, you, you could run the ball more. You could, uh, you know, get some very quick passes off. You know, I, I feel like the Ravens are allergic to to screen passes and hot reads and things like that. You know, they they want to let every single route develop. And it's it's just extremely frustrating. Like that's that's not working in that game situation. And they, they need to, you know, really think about what they're doing to, to help their guys out and put them in, uh, in, in the best situations possible. And this, uh, this bye week will help them do that. I hope. I want to stick with this for one more second, because if you look at the difference between how the scripted plays work for the Ravens, which are pretty damn effective, particularly on the second drive, less, a little less so on the first, um, there's a really good set of scripted plays. And then they they got into the game a little further. Obviously, there were adjustments made by the by the um, Chargers, but I think you know the the Ravens got away with some things that that could work better. They they were a, probably a little bit more pass happy than I would like. A lot of their runs were coming out of a um, you know a, a scrambles, 
and not coming out of their, uh, you know, just just running the ball. Getting to the end of the game with Mitchell having as many times in the game, I was a little unsatisfied with his number of touches per time in the game, which is something I would like to see. And obviously, if you're looking for one guy who looked pretty good as an extended target in this game, I thought that 11-yard throw, I think it was, to Mitchell late, which provided a key first down, was one of the guys who actually found space as time two down. And there wasn't a lot of that. There weren't a lot of extended plays in this game. But but when it happened, I thought that uh, you know that he was one of the guys. That's obviously one of the things uh, this team is missing right now. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, according to Harbaugh, it's impossible to tell whether a rookie can handle anything, uh, you know, ever. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's you know, it's 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 J.K. Dobbins rookie season all over again, right? Um, you know, Mitchell is until Keaton Mitchell proves that he can't handle it. I, I say, you know. Keep keep feeding uh, keep feeding him because the re- results are really good. Yeah. Uh, so the the next the next thing I go with uh, with the offenses uh, to take stock of uh, where Ronnie Stanley's health is right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know uh, he he seems to really be battling through some things. Um, you know whether it's his knee or ankle or or whatever he's been banged up this this season. And uh, you know the next game coming out of the bye is an NFC game. Um, uh, against the Rams. And, and so I, I think the Ravens should seriously consider whether the bye week is enough time to get, you know, Ronnie Stanley, right. Because we have some really incredibly consequential games uh, coming up. I mean, they're all consequential, but right. uh, some games against the AFC um, uh, opponents, uh, which could really have, have a significant impact on our seating. And uh, it's really better to have Ronnie Stanley at a hundred percent strength or, or whatever a hundred percent is going to be for him these days. Um, than, than what we're getting. I, I, you can't tell me that a fully healthy McCarry is worse than what we saw last week. So, you know, th- this notion of clinging to Stanley just because he is the, you know, the starter or the, you know, highest paid guy or whatever, I don't think that should get in the way of making an honest assessment of whether Patrick McCarry is at 100% health is better than what we're getting out of Ronnie. It's a very fair question, I think, at this point. I, I will say this, I, and, and this is not to say that taking Ronnie out there is is would, would would go in this direction, but you can't afford to give up this game against the Rams. It is, it's too important as being the easiest game remaining on the schedule to give it up. And, I, I, you know, the Ravens have to be concerned about, about multiple things here. One is their seeding. Two is are they going to win the division? Because that's not a sure thing if they, you know, if they lose – if they lose – Three ball games here, pretty damn good chance the Steelers pass them. If they lose two ball games and lose to the Steelers, it's possible they right. they you know they won't finish because the Steelers have a pretty easy schedule down the stretch. Um, it's, it's just there's I think there's reasonable there are good reasons why um, they want to have all three guys, those guys uh, active on game day. Uh, you could try something different. By the way, if rotation is the way to do it, maybe maybe that's an option here. Um, and the other thing you try is you can try some different schematic things in terms of getting Stanley covered up where you um, use six man line or unbalanced line uh, as to, to, to change his pass rush responsibilities slightly. So there are things they can do. I just I just I, I don't have the answer. And, you know, the bigger question looming over this whole organization like a dark cloud is the incredible barrier of entry costs they're going to have to replacing Stanley which may have to come as early as 2024. 
Yeah, uh, you, you know, you're absolutely right. I just, uh, you know, I think of that as sort of tomorrow's problem. And today's okay. problem is, you know, who's the best left tackle that we can field against the Rams? And I'm not, uh, I, I have sincere doubt that that is currently Ronnie Stanley. All right. Well, fair enough. I'll go with the second offensive problem. That is um, the Mark Andrews replacement. So this was a game where it would have been nice to see if somebody stepped up. It's the Chargers. It's one of the weakest secondaries that the Ravens will face um, the rest of the year. It's the weakest that they will face the rest of the year. Um, Terrible yards per target percentages are, are, are numbers, but they did make a bunch of changes in the secondary that, that, uh, you know, they started the new guy, Dean, they uh dean leonard was it leonard dean i I don't remember but he has a dean in his name d-e-a-n-e um and uh derwin james asante samuel and alohi gilman all three of those guys have absolute rock bottom yards per target uh, that in aggregate are about 10 yards per target or a little bit higher even because alohi gilman is like 11.9 uh, Derwin James, 9.9 yards per target this season. So I thought, you know, going after those guys, really testing them, makes all kinds of sense. Now, in some ways, when you're really testing a cornerback, the route has to develop for the guy like Bateman, perhaps, or like Flowers, to get to the top of the route so he can make a move. And, and all of that takes two and a half, three seconds. And the Ravens didn't always have that in this game. So that obviously was was a problem. But the, the results are just awful. They turned everybody into a short yardage receiver in this game. Likely, you know, basically got all his targets behind the line of scrimmage. He had 40 yards receiving and 44 yards of yak in this game. So maybe not every target was behind the line of scrimmage, but he had more more yak than than yards. His average point of catch was was behind the line of scrimmage. Beckham five for 34. So that's 6.8. That's not what you want. We're not seeing the kind of the breakaway slant ability, even though he caught a couple of nice slants. He didn't really break one break one off for a big gain this game. Flowers, probably the most disappointing, 8 for 25, so 3.1 yards per target. Now, Flowers won the ball game with a great run at the end. But he also didn't do a whole lot as receiver, which I don't really blame on him. I blame on the Ravens not really having an answer for how to how to get tackle help and, and create some additional time and space for, uh, uh, for Lamar. Uh, Bateman, five catches for 21. So it just is a miserable yards per target game um, for, for the Ravens. So uh, it, it got really ugly. Um, I, I'm, I, it was Dean Leonard, by the way. Um, but it, it's a, you know, is a group they should have done a lot better against. And um, they definitely did not find the Mark Andrews replacement in this game. As I said, the closest thing to an extended play guy they had was Mitchell on really one play. I, I even struggled to think of one other play that was extended where they had a completion. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, when, when, when the game started the first couple drives, I mean, it was, you know, very encouraging. I mean, Lamar was just dealing to everybody and everybody was getting open and, you know, it kind of looked like we might expect given the uh, sort of the metrics that you, you, you cited uh, just a little bit earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it was really a shame to see likely disappear uh, from, uh, from the game script really um, after, after those first couple drives, because he was catching everything that was mm-hmm. coming his way. He was, he was, you know, making plays 
Um, you know, really my only complaint with Likely was that he was trying to hurdle a little bit too much and you and I are both not, <laughs> not <right>. fans, <laughs> not, not fans of that. Um, but if I, if I ever see another pass behind the line of scrimmage, it'll be too soon. I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sick of it. It's just, it's just like players are way too fast uh these days uh to you know defensive players are way too fast these days to to really make that pay off on a regular basis but the the search for replacing mark andrews productivity continues move over to the defense yeah um so you know ken like you and i kind of discussed um um you know in the production meeting you know there's really very little to complain about um uh with with the defense the defense really bailed the offense out this week really performed you know, exceptionally well. I mean, there were a couple of drives where where the Chargers were able to um, were were able to move the ball on them, but they capitalized very little. Kind of like our offense capitalized very little on the four turnovers the defense mm-hmm. gave them, which is just extraordinarily frustrating. Um, but uh, you know, really, the, this game kind of highlighted my main concern with the defense, and that's the defensive line rotation. They play an unbelievable number of snaps this week. Um, I don't, I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but they just, they just had to play so much due to the offensive uh, offenses inefficiency. So um, I think the bye week might be a really, really good time to bring in somebody. It doesn't have to be in Duncan Sue. It could be, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people on the practice practice squads, defensive line depth throughout the league, just somebody to eat a few snaps. It could be, and, and I, I would be in favor of having a sixth active defensive lineman on game day, but the Ravens' most recent move was to go down to four against the Bengals, not not go in the other direction. That's a special teams coach really valuing that element of the game, and I, I'm not a fan. I, I would, I, you know, I think you're in, you lose, a, you go down a special teams player, well, okay, special teams, honestly, is not that big a part of the game anymore. You, you can, you yeah. You know, if you're losing a big man, you replace him with another defensive lineman. You've got the guy you need on a field goal block unit. Say, yeah. if you're if it's a if it's a punt a coverage team, that's the most significant time where you need special teams player. Kickoff coverage is almost to nothing now as it is. So I, I don't know why you 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 feel like you need that extra player there when the when it's obvious you lose a ton when you go even from five to four due to an in-game injury on the defensive line. You know, Ken, Jalen Armour Davis's uh, talent just must be way too tantalizing. Uh, <laughs> See, uh, I thought we were going to drop the funny stuff for this. <laughs> <laughs> B- bitter, bitter sarcasm is is, is always going to be, uh, you know, in my in my tool bag. No, I, I I don't get it. There are guys that are, you know, that that are game day activations every every week who contribute little to nothing uh, to this team. And, you know, I think they're going to sorely regret it when, um, you know, when when there is an injury uh, on, on the defensive line. I mean, you know, this week, uh, right, um, Justin Matabike uh, got a concussion. I mean, as I recall, it was fairly late in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, I mean, imagine if that had happened the week that we started for defensive linemen. I mean, just, just, you know, I mean, and happened early on in the game. I mean, just, just complete, it's malpractice, right? <laughs> the, so, so there, there are things they can do, right? Like they, they really haven't been kicking out their, uh, kicking in their outside linebackers at all. Um, and I, you know, 
I don't have a problem, obviously, with how they've been using their outside linebackers because they've been extremely effective. But, uh, you know, they, they need to figure something out. They need to get more bodies in there. You know, those guys, those guys are, are, are courting disaster, I think. I, you know, what's interesting about this is they did go back to two snaps of rush nickel this week where they had all three of their big three um, rush outside linebackers or outside linebackers, say, in the game uh, to replace a to replace a defensive lineman. But you mentioned that the snaps and both um, Pierce and Matabike had 40 non-penalty snaps in this game. So probably a few more than that if you look at the game book. Um, but those are the contested snaps that they actually played. That's a ton of snaps. Yeah. And, you know, you come back to the possibility of a Neo ending the game and them getting, a, you know, five less snaps out of, out of that really looks kind of more important within that, uh, you know, in that context. Yeah, absolutely. I got one other thing to say about the defense that I want to break to because, you know, honestly, there's not too much to say about this defense that, that needs to be. I don't want them to try and get better on run defense because I think they're 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 balancing exactly what they're doing correctly in terms of, of how they're scheming it. They're, they're going for allowing a little more on the run and taking away things on the pass, and they're taking away a hell of a lot more in terms of the pass than what they're giving up on the run. So, uh, so I think that's special. But if I had to point to one thing, it's controlling the missed tackles. And they've done a good job these last four weeks where they've had two 11, five, and three missed tackles. I'm using the PFF missed tackles, different sources, different missed tackle totals. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. PFF is usually very um, uh, harsh on missed tackles. They assign more of them. So, uh, you know, that's 21 in four games, five and a quarter per game the last four. Um, They're at seven and a half per game for the year, and they were 8.6 per game for the pre- for first eight weeks of the year, um, there's really two places where they need to they need to figure things out. First is the most co- the most costly missed tackles occur in the secondary. If if you can eliminate those or reduce those to a manageable level, you'll never eliminate them. Um, you, you're doing well. Unfortunately, the two players who are not tackling well this year are Stone and Queen. And Queen is a longstanding problem, and he's as hot flashes of you know great tackle play and then he goes back to some old habits and he misses tackles and um, doesn't wrap up properly. He hasn't really been throwing his shoulder around the same way. So I'm not sure what the mechanical issue is. It's just, he's, he's, he's still missing some tackles. He missed two more in this game, one in the backfield for minus four, which didn't seem like a big problem until he got up. Owe made the tackle for minus one queen got up and slammed into the helmet of Matabike and concussed it. And so it's, it, you know, you have, these things kind of keep showing up in, in terms of stone. I mean, it's one of the reasons he might not make the pro bowl is that he hasn't been a particularly great tackler this year. So I'd, I'd hope he could come on. His position kind of requires you to be a good tackle. It's part of the job description. So uh, he, he better do that. But if in looking for defenses, I'm really picking nits to pick on those two guys as people yeah. who need to improve tackle rates. When generally speaking, um, the defense is playing at an extraordinary level. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for Queen, I think, you know, sometimes it's just a 
kind of a focus thing, you know. I mean, he he gets so wrapped up in whatever, you know, whatever he's called to do on the play that you know sometimes when it comes time to execute at that exact moment, um, you know, sometimes I, I think he, maybe he loses a little bit of focus. Um, but he's capable. I mean, we've seen long oh, yeah. stretches where he he really can do a, fan, a fantastic job. So you know, he can work on those fundamentals. Um, and uh, but it, it, you know, speaking of you know, poor tackling. I, I have to say, I think these last two weeks I've been kind of encouraged about Marcus Williams' uh, progression. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was curious um, uh, what what you thought. He, I mean, he looks. He really does. Like, you know, when when Harbaugh and the rest of them were sort of saying like he's gonna, you know, he's getting better each and every week, and then you're just kind of like blow that off as like coach speak. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you know, this is we're gonna see. We're gonna keep seeing this the rest of the year, but. Um, but yeah, he's 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 been looking better, and I, you know I'm very encouraged to see what he's going to look like after the bye week. Yeah, the problem with something like that is, it might be true, but but you don't have any context for for to to be sure certain of that because there's so much cooch speak that goes on generally speaking, and he didn't go out of his way with Marcus Williams to give you you know some kind of alliterative pegging or something that would that would indicate what his true feelings on the matter were so uh, if if you're reading between the lines on interviews and I try and do that you you it's very hard to to get a reading on that when he's using generic coach speak in fact maybe he should you know do some self scouting on that and really use more generic no comment talk with regard to all injuries so he doesn't find him saying say I don't think it's anything serious um, uh, and have that be his comment when somebody is coming back, but say, I can't really talk about that. Or, you know, we're not really sure at this point, I would call him day to day, you know, and then you realize that that means something else. Don't give the, don't give the, you know, the other people, any opportunity to decode your speech. Yeah. You're a lawyer, Slava. So, you know, one of the things that, that'll come off of it is the only comment is no comment. Our only comment is no comment. When we were doing things like acquiring companies and there would be you know, potential malfeasance in terms of, of uh, insider trading and whatnot, you don't want to get involved in any of that. You, you, you just want to have your only comment be no comment. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I, I think, uh, you know, here we're moving on to, to coaching. Um, you know, it's, it, it's been discussed to death a little bit this week. You know, Harbaugh's, um, lack of challenges on the two would-be first-down spots, um, and in particular um, the one where Lamar sort of s- stretched uh, clearly over the um, over the first-down marker, and that uh, that failure to pick up that first down resulted in the end of a drive, um, uh, or eventually did. I think then they went for it on fourth, fourth and down. One. Yeah, yeah, and and they, and they didn't pick it up, so it was, it was pretty consequential. Um, so, you know, you do kind of lay that at the feet of the coaching staff, but uh, there is another angle to this, I think. Um, and, and that is, you know, the, the players, I mean, Lamar knows he picked up that first down ostensibly. Right. And the, and the players should, should be able to, um, you know, signal to the coach, you know, like, you know, challenges. I mean, maybe Lamar just didn't have any reason to believe that there was going to be a problem to challenge it. But like it, at that point, when they say it's, and think about this. This is a situation where it's offense, right? So you you have time to decide whether you're going to challenge. It's not like you know defensive play. You know defensive play where the opposing offense yep. is going to like try to rush into the next play, right? You yep. you ha- you have the time. So uh, there should be some communication between Lamar and Harbaugh to to sort of say, hey, I'm pretty sure I picked that up. 
Um, even even if the um, e- even if they thought, well, it's you know, it's not worth wasting a challenge because we're gonna you know p- pick it up on fourth down. I mean, I think I think that's kind of a silly decision if that's what if that's what they made because it's 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 not like it's bringing up third and one, right? It's bringing up fourth and one. And, yes, and I that's, agree. That's hugely consequential, particularly in the way that this game played out, particularly in the way that, you know, the offense was very inefficient in, in terms of serious success rate, in terms of keeping their defensive guys off the field. Yeah, so there are three challenges in the game. That one was one I thought clearly should have been a challenge made. I think you 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 have a potentially large gain in avoiding a fourth and one situation. We've talked about this before on this show and a lot on my show about really wanting to avoid a lot of these very high leverage plays against an opponent who's not as good as you. And that's what the Chargers were. They were just not as good as the Ravens. So you don't want to play a lot of those plays. So get that challenge made on third and one. The next one was the Aguilar one. That one was obvious that he made it but still probably not worth the challenge in my opinion because it brought up a third and one. And I think they might've thrown an incomplete pass on third and one and then made it on fourth and one that time. So maybe with Mitchell might've been, might've been Edwards again, because he had one twisting first down. So anyway, I I was okay with, with not challenging that one. I thought that the the amount of gain on, you know, when you're on third, when the other alternative is third and one is so small that I understand not, not going for it. And then the last challenge was on that lateral. Now, a lot of people say, well, look, anybody could see that, you know, it was the lateral was clearly very lateral in terms of the, 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 the 42-yard line or whatever the exact line of, line of, uh, line of the, the, the throw was. I think that was obvious after many multiple reviews. I think if the Ravens were unsure about it at the time, they had to throw the flag. And, of course, they, at that point, the Chargers were trying to get to the line of scrimmage quickly and run that play, as you, you know, contrary to the, the offensive opportunities. Then I think that's a, that's a good challenge to take, uh, even at the risk of a timeout, because it's an enormously high leverage play. You get the other team off the field. It's basically a turnover if you, uh, yeah. uh, if you win that challenge. So I thought it, I thought it was worth the risk. And um, I basically agree with two of the three. Uh, Harbaugh decisions. The first one I I, I would have challenged as as you mentioned and, and brought up as your main point. Yeah, and then I guess the flip side to it is if you challenge the ones that are obvious, you get the you you get the third challenge, right? So yeah, yeah, you could have had the benefit of uh you know the benefit of all three. Um, but you know, uh, not every challenge or no challenge is 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 made equal. So, uh, but you know, for sure, this was a poor performance in that respect and. And, you know, I, I think the Ravens need to make sure that their players are sort of empowered to, you know, communicate with the staff about, you know, their belief or non-belief that, you know, that the play should be challenged. That, that, that's a great point that, you know, there has to be a player side to this. I, I, I want to dovetail into my next point, which is um, in the coaching, that the Ravens need to do something to improve player situational awareness. And of course, I'm pointing directly at the non-kneel by um, Flowers. Now, let's let's start with what's the generalized context of this. So, first of all, Flowers won the Ravens the ball game with that play. So let's not minimize what he did in any yeah. way. Great play, great player. He's not a player we're going to take off the field for anything he did here, but it is a case where he took a, a 100% chance to win when the Ravens were past the line of, past the line to gain. When he he'd achieved the first down already, and he turned it into roughly a 99% chance by going into the end zone. It is a hard nut to swallow for a lot of Ravens fans 
that the ball can occasionally be worth mathematically more than eight points. Don't say you understand the math until you can say you can accept that precept because it's absolutely true that there are occasions in the NFL where the ball is worth more than one score. And if you go up a second score, that doesn't mean you're in a better position. So that's what, in fact, we had in this particular situation. There are fairly recent games, including the Browns loss in week two last year, that under, <laughs> underscored this exact you know, situation not being a good one. But anyway, getting back to how you fix this, if there, if if the I want this there to be an element of player awareness that is required at all times on the field. I want the players to be thinking, hold on, do I go down or do I not here? Do I ask the question about whether it's time to go down? Because the quarterback can do that in the huddle. You know, he should be he should be wondering, you know, what the thing flowers has got to know better. The receivers, because they're often any ball carrier is is out there, need to be more aware of this kind of thing. And that frustrates me, but but I also think it's fair to blame the coaching for not having the, the code word in the huddle on that play. And the fact that the NBC crew picked it up with Garrett, his you know, former head coach, and then went to all these different shots on the sideline, which exactly you know, captured the frustration level over the play. First from Roquan Smith, walking away from the end zone with a touchdown was scored, shaking his head. That's not something a defensive player does when they're happy. Yeah, we just we, we won the ball game with that fourth down. You know, um, you, you had then, you know, Lewis, he came to the sidelines. Flowers came to the sidelines. Eric DaCosta is standing there in a suit. Eric DaCosta often is a pat on the back kind yeah. of guy when he, when he does this. He gave him a side eye. You know, basically, <laughs> he came up because yeah. he, he knew Lewis was going to talk to him, the wide receivers coach. And that was the first guy he met on the sideline was Lewis to have, you know, this, this very much face-to-face discussion. That was not a happy moment. That was a teaching moment. And, uh, you know, it's it's just it's frustrating to me that, uh, you know, a player who touches the ball as often as Flowers does doesn't already have some experience with that from a college. Yeah. And, and you know, you 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 get these weird like sort of excuses during the pressers, like when um, when Harbaugh's like, oh, I thought I got the thumbs up from Zay and I thought that yep. meant he understood. And it's like I, I don't really quite understand that like how you can like if you think you know it's important enough to just take a quick second to 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 discuss this because it is you know in in the in this particular game it's the it's likely the final drive that the ravens have and honestly even more than you know even more than like sort of the the win percentage going down ever so slightly i was like okay we're probably winning this game once he scored Mm -hmm. the touchdown i get that but just think about what that does to the defense and how much more exposure that mm-hmm. gives them to, to, you know, potential injury or anything like that. You know, at, at that point that, you know, you can minimize the entire team's exposure to any sort of injury risk at that point, because then you just have, you know, however many knees you're going to take, you're going to take yep. the field goal or you're going to do whatever, you know, I, 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 I assume that there was, they would have been able to take the clock down at zero. So, um, so, you know, it's it's it just take the time to communicate these things, these very specific things. It's good that they immediately, you know, the, the wide receivers coach takes the time to explain to Zay right in that moment. It's it's a it's a very good thing. But some of these things you can you can kind of predict ahead of time. And it, it's not the first time this season. So it's really incumbent on the Ravens coaching staff to to do a better job with that. Let me ask you about one other player involved in that, because Odell Beckham was I think he was on the field for the play, but he might not have been. He might have run on from the sideline to be part of that celebration, that dip 
<laughs> ass celebration on the penalty kick. Um, but that's an opportunity for Beckham has been in the league a long time. He's got to know better than than mm-hmm. that situation. Uh, I think the Giants, maybe maybe when he was playing there, or maybe not, maybe it was after he'd already left, that they were playing in the Super Bowl and they actually scored a touchdown when they didn't want to by being dragged in. Do you remember that? Yeah, um, uh, it was, um, was it a, a mod? Was it it might have been a 2011. So it yeah. might have been before. I think it was before, but I remember yeah. I remember him like trying to stop and then uh-huh. like kind of turning and falling into the yeah. end zone. Yeah. Yeah, so... so um, he wasn't there for that, but but Beckham honestly should know from his years as a pro that there's times when you got to kneel and and uh, and do that. I would have loved to see Beckham come on the field, basically say, "Hey, say, take the ball here, but let me put my shoulder hand around your shoulder here and tell you what should have happened on that play." And I don't I don't think it helped the situation to have Beckham, you know, playing, you know, loser soccer goalie, <laughs> you know, in the in yeah, the yeah. touchdown celebration. Uh, just did not make sense to me. Yeah, um, Ahmad Bradshaw. That was his name. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure it was. Ahmad that's a, that's Bradshaw. A, you're, you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, no, no. I mean, I, I I agree with you. I think you know, uh, you know, Beckham. I, I I think they've both been sort of the, you know they're they're kind of peas in a pod. Like Beckham was trying to get a touchdown for the longest time, and you know Zay is his rookie year, and he's excited for him and all that, and they got kind of caught up in that. But I but I agree. I mean, he needs to. And I think he's been a pretty good, like g- generally speaking, pretty good positive influence th- throughout the year. But he needs to you know kind of yeah be the elder statesman there and sort of be like look man the, the thing you have to do in that situation you have to you have to you know you have to get down um but uh but you know he and the rest of the ravens missed it and uh you know could have could have cost them yeah all, all right. right what special are we teams? yeah special teams all right so um really the thing that's sort of been cropping up a little bit lately is just sort of the field goal kicking game there have been some some block kicks some miss kicks um and um and you know i think it, it would be incumbent upon the ravens to do a little bit of self self scouting on, on on what's really happening you know um I, you know I, I guess you wonder whether the block kicks have had any impact on tucker in terms of you know him trying to adjust his game to kind of ensure um you know, that he's compensating for that a little bit. I mean, I know in this game, he particularly mentioned that, you know, he did, he didn't, you know, you know, take a breath before or, or hold his breath before he uh, took the kick. And it's, it's really nice to get that level of detail from, you know, from a kicker to sort of explain like specifically what he's diagnosed to be the problem in that particular circumstance. But that doesn't mean that there aren't more things to sort of examine in, 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 in terms of the entire kicking operation. Um, you know, and, and I, I think the Ravens take a lot of pride in their special teams and they're gonna, you know, make sure that, that, um, that they have that opportunity, uh, where they take that opportunity to, to see if there's anything that they can, um, adjust. I don't know what that'll be, but they should look into it. Yeah. I mean, completely agree. And I think it, it could be blocking. It could be the hold, could be the snaps, you know, could, could be a lot of things, or it could be something about Tucker's pre kick rituals, as, as you mentioned, but I I'm, I'm all for it in terms of the self scouting. I've got one thing to say about special teams that I think actually could help the team on defense. And that is, I want them to adopt a consistent low risk approach to kickoffs, both kicking and returns. So basically 
any play where you have a chance to make a fair catch on a return, take it. It's always going to be inside the 25. It'll take you out to the 25. There's basically never a time where Duvernay needs to be um, put on the run and you put your other your kick return team at risk of injury. And I say the same thing for the um, kickoff team. It's basically this Ravens defense is great. What they really need is low variance and starting field position to go ahead and work their magic and get the other team off the field without you know having short fields play into it or whatever. Um, you're just you're just much better off kicking the ball into the end zone time after time, no injury risk. And the, the, the extra value you might get out of that is you might be able to have one less special teams player active on game day. And you're not taking risk of injury. You've got your backup couple of guys that you don't want to play, but you could do it out of the starters. If that means, you know, Duvernay's covering a kick. I think he's doing that anyway, but you've got a couple backup guys you can, you can um, bring in anyway. You're not, you're not down to, uh, to zero there. And, you know, if that means Ndamukong Sue can be your sixth defensive lineman and you can spread those line, those snaps out a little better and you can be protected better in case of injury. I'm all for that. I think that's a much more significant payoff than having that extra uh, special teams player. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more, Ken, and I, I couldn't put it in any better. Um, it's, um, you know, they're the, sort of roster construction decisions or the game day activation decisions at the, you know, very tail end, I think leave a little bit, a little to be desired. And uh, if they kind of examine that, um, you know, they could, they could really get some benefit of that, uh, you know, heading into the final stretch of the season. All right. Slava, always a pleasure doing this show with you. Uh, Tell folks where they can talk football with you online. I'm on Twitter at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. All right, folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. This is the week, and I've got a lot of people already who have signed up, would love to do more of these, uh, and particularly any kind of thought experiment. And if it's a non-timely episode in particular, that's great. I'll hold it until uh, you know the opportunity comes up to, to put, post this on a nice Monday uh, when I don't have other content to post because I haven't finished analyzing the game yet. Would love to have you uh, on the show, and I want to talk to some new people. For Slava Cooperstein, this is Ken McCusick. Say goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week on One Last Thing.